What up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Bradham. It's Joe George, the assistant to the regional manager behind the glass. And it's a victory Monday in Houston. The Texans go on the road, defeat the Bengals 30-27. to The great Kevin Harlan was on the call. Love seeing that. Uh, Texans above 500. And if the season were to end today, Blankers, Houston Texans are a playoff team, and they're only one game behind Jacksonville in the AFC South. They won the first meeting. They have a second meeting coming up. They control their own destiny going into the 11th week of the year. How about that for D'Amico Ryans in his first year? Absolutely amazing. I mean, it should have been a wake-up call when, as you mentioned, Kevin Harlan's on the call because you've upgraded instead of having another week of Robert Smith or Adam Archuleta or some, you know, less than play-by-play crew, you you get Kevin Harlan, you get top shelf, and then you play like top shelf and dominate for the majority of the game. And and we talked about it, and we talked about this even a couple weeks ago when I was, like, looking for that, that dominant win, that signature win. And, yes, they've had some good wins along the way on this run, but that right there, that was it. I mean, that was a Super Bowl contender. That was a talented team that was on a roll. That was a team that was playing its best football of the year. And... You watch that game start to finish, and obviously we watch it more than once, but when you watch it, if you don't come away after almost every quarter and and significant play and go, Texans are playing better football, and they are the more dominant team all day, and yet they face the adversity in the fourth quarter, they still find a way to bounce back from that, both C.J. Stroud and the team, and then to pull it out the way that they did yet again with your quarterback doing what he's supposed to do, just an amazing day for Houston football fans. That's what I thought, too. Like, that, that was a dominating effort for the Texans yesterday. They go into Cincinnati, who's been hot, a team that is a contender in the AFC, a Super Bowl contender. They've been to a Super Bowl recently and could have won that. And, the tech, and look, I know Cincinnati was, was shorthanded. Hubbard didn't play. Uh, T. Higgins didn't play. But Nico Collins didn't play. Uh, Damian Pierce didn't play, although he's the understudy. He's the backup running back. Sean Ridgeway's out. Nelson Stingley were on pitch counts. So that's just business in the NFL. Uh, but the Texans go into Cincinnati and walk away with the victory. I thought that the the defense was really good. The offense at times was good. Like that, that's the other thing too, though, is that I don't feel like the Texans necessarily played their best. Like I love their tenacity. I love their fire. I love their swarm, as D'Amico Ryan's would say. But they also, you know, they were got a little soft there in the fourth quarter, letting Cincinnati come back. If it weren't for that, you know, Tyler Boyd drop, Cincinnati has the lead. That mm-hmm. that game could have turned out differently uh, than it ended up turning out. But C.J. Stroud has that it factor. Uh, Offensively, look, that wasn't their cleanest game. They turned it over three times. They turned it over. uh, They they, they didn't convert on a fourth and one. Uh, They settled for a field goal once they they were first and goal inside the red zone. So, like, that wasn't the Texans playing their cleanest game. That wasn't the Texans being their absolute best. Texans play good, don't get me wrong, but they didn't play great. And that's what's encouraging. You go on the road to Joe Burrow, you go on the road to Cincinnati, one of the top teams in the AFC, and you get about a 7 or 8 performance, and you win, and it should have been a two-possession game. Man, these Texans are, this is a good football team. It's a good football team that keeps getting better week to week. And I set it up when we were talking about this during the course of the week. The only way that you take any kind of a, a negative step back from fans and, and those that you know comment on NFL football weekly is if you get your doors blown off. And, and you didn't do that, right? We knew that they were going to be shorthanded to some degree. We knew that the Texans were looking at nine plus. They were going to be shorthanded. But I even said, if they're in it in the fourth quarter, it's a huge win. 
But to see them do that and so much more and dominate the football game into the fourth quarter, overcome a mistake, overcome an, the, the, the chance that they could have seen it all slip away. And the one thing I was thinking about, Jeremy, on the last drive was we've seen this before where they've dominated football teams in the past for three, three and a half quarters and then found a way to lose. It would be so refreshing to see them find a way to win. And then the fact that they did just that, and if there's any C.J. Stroud critics out there that were looking for his inability or to point at something where he, against a good football team, didn't have the ability to lead them on a game-winning drive, he yet did that again. And you walk away from it going, I felt great for three and a half quarters the way they were playing. I feel even better the fact that they beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's that's the the kicker of all this. Is you go on the road and you you win in a uh, a tough place to play against a good football team. I know one thing that you've talked about uh, all season long was, and, and I think this is more kind of perception than than reality because you know you don't win yesterday. Fine, you you win the rest of your games. You're still a playoff team without beating anybody of like huge significance. You know, maybe Cleveland would be another significant mm-hmm. team on the schedule. They're playing better football. That defense is good. Uh, Watson started off really, really poor, but then they came from behind and won. Now Watson's ankle is something to monitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got another nagging injury, but that defense is really good. But this is the the statement game that when the schedule came out, that after four weeks, that after the bye, this is the game that everybody kind of circled. This is the most difficult game on the Houston Texans schedule. This is going to be the biggest tell of who the Houston Texans are. Maybe when we were talking a couple weeks ago and Cleveland was still not playing their best, this is the only opportunity they have for a statement win. And you don't necessarily need a statement win to get to the playoffs, but to kind of pique the interest of national media types, to pique the interest maybe of casual to pique the interest of people who were doubters of the Houston Texans being a playoff team. This was a statement opportunity. I know that you talked about that from a perception point of view. They went and got their statement victory, Blankers. They really did. And and I mean, this is like shutting up doubters all along the way by yet another box checked. We talk about boxes checked when we were talking about C.J. Stroud, but it's also as it relates to this team in general because in general you could say, well, they had a soft schedule or you know, they lost to Carolina. What kind of a team is that? But then when you bounce back and you beat Cincinnati and you're handling your business week in, week out, and now you're talking about a quarterback and a coach that is exactly what we were talking about a couple weeks ago when we said these guys have a chance at the end of the year to be recognized as the best. And from a Stroud perspective, it was offensive rookie of the year. He's taking that to another level. D'Amico, we knew that there were plenty of coaches that were playoff worthy already or that had already turned a corner with their teams that were probably going to be more favored to be coach of the year than him. But suddenly, how do you turn your head and look away and turn the other cheek to a D'Amico Ryans and all that he's doing? Because nationally, everybody is now finally doing what we've been doing watching this team week in, week out. And that is take notice of the Houston Texans and go, they're for real. Yeah, that's where I'm at too, is that you know, I, I still don't think that they have like a championship roster. I, I still, you know, do I think that they have a playoff roster now? I think it's fair because uh, Stroud elevates the players around him. Like you, you look at some of these uh, these receivers that are having career years. Noah Brown has never played better football uh, than he's playing right now. Is that opportunity? Yeah. Is that playing with a quarterback better than the one he played in, in Dallas? Yeah. Uh, Dalton Schultz is doing some things that he's never done before. Nico Collins has already, already, already had a career year, and he didn't even play in yesterday's game. And then you look at a, a Tank Dell, who was a third-round receiver, and we talked about him last week, as this guy would be selected in the first round because C.J. Stroud kind of elevates them. And then on the defensive side of the ball, D'Amico's kind of doing his thing. I still don't think that they have a great – 
defensive roster. Now, Collins yesterday was unbelievable. Uh, Will Anderson's been good. John Grenard's been really good. I, I still don't Sheldon love Rankins it. was really good. Yeah, I'm in Rankins, not Collins. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Rankins was unbelievable. Rankins was the best player on that defense yep. yesterday. Uh, you got some pieces back in the secondary uh, yesterday as well, like Stingley, Nelson, and Ward. I think have played like three snaps together mm-hmm. uh, all season long. So like, it'd be cool if they're all healthy at the same time because I think that would you know certainly elevate the defense. But this, this team still has holes. Like the linebacker room is still a, is still something that is a concern. So yeah, I don't think that this team is Super Bowl bound. But you go win at Cincinnati, all of a sudden you go from being a team that's in the hunt. You go from being a team, at least perception-wise, public perception, as a team that might sneak into the playoffs. Now all of a sudden, if you make the playoffs, you're a team that's capable of going on the road and being one of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you've done enough. And here's the other thing, Jeremy, I was thinking about during the course of the game, and I, I regretted not bringing this up when we were wrapping things up on Friday. And that is... We talk about Todd Bowles and we talk about the Buccaneers and we talk about him being one of the best defensive minds in football over the last, say, seven to ten years and the things that he showed you by not doing things that he normally does because he respected what C.J. Stroud and the Texans were capable of doing and the way that they were able to adapt to whatever he was throwing at them. Well, you know what? Lou Anarumo is one of the best, hottest names on the defensive side of the football in the NFL. And he was rumored for head coaching jobs a year ago. And everybody talks about him as being one of those unbelievably strong defensive minds when it comes to NFL football. And look what C.J. Stroud and company was able to do. Look at Noah Brown. Look at Singletary. Look at all these guys doing all these things, led by Bobby Slowick, and saying, hey, man, this isn't just about your quarterback anymore. This is about a really, really up-and-coming offensive mind. This is about young, up-and-coming talent kind of growing up right before our eyes and just kicking everybody's ass. And it's taking it on the road by doing what you did a week ago to a defense at home that was supposed to be better than average or and had some players and showing everybody in the NFL, this team is solid, man. It can play. Yeah, they, they, they can play. And it's kind of, uh, you know, we talked about the AFC North and last last week that every single one of their teams would have been in the playoffs as the season ended last week. Texans are 2-1 and one against the AFC North. You know, they lost to Baltimore in the very first game of the season. Would that have been different if they played in Week 7? I don't know. But they have tiebreakers on Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, which that could come into play because those are teams that are in the hunt as well. Uh, so the Texans 2-1 and one against the AFC North, tiebreakers on Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, and can you believe it? After the 10th week of the NFL season, the Houston Texans will be in the playoffs as the season were to end today. And they control their destiny in the AFC South with Jacksonville uh, still on the schedule. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We have a busy show. Every Monday is. Lots to get to with C.J. Stroud. Mailbag Monday coming up at 4.30. We'll hand out NFL game balls. What do you believe after the college football weekend as well? Plenty to get to. Let's let's dive into Stroud, though. Uh, we got to get our golf grade on C.J. Stroud. Also, are there any Stroud haters left? Because we, we've heard the questions all year long, right? Like early in the season, well, it was garbage time. Well, he hasn't done it in crunch time. Well, can he do it consistently? Are there any Stroud haters left? 713-780-ESPN, the HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. The better looking of the two of us is on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. He's at Joe George Radio on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham on Twitter. We are the Killer Bees on ESPN97.5 and ESPN92.5. Look, the weather is ugly today. There's no you know beating around the bush when it comes to that. And when the weather is 
is bad, it leads to car wrecks sometimes. The, the numbers go up whenever there's a car accident. And whenever you get into a car accident, you got to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. They're the name that you need to know whenever you're involved in a car accident. And you don't have to worry about paying up front. You don't have to worry about billable hours. You know, those lawyers can be tricky sometimes. Not Hollingsworth. Not the Hollingsworth Law Firm. You don't pay till you win. Yeah, it's great, Jeremy, because of the fact that you're not on an island by yourself the minute that the accident happens. You know the feeling. If you've ever been in an accident, you're like, who do I call first? Where do I go? What, what do I do to make sure that I don't get taken to the cleaners or, or don't get what I deserve? Well, that's where the Hollingsworth Law Firm steps right in, and I speak from personal experience. I had a good friend of mine that got into a car accident. It wasn't his fault. He didn't know what to do and who to turn to. I immediately recommended the Hollingsworth Law Firm. They came to the rescue. They got into his corner. They were ready to fight, ready to fight the insurance company, ready to fight the other driver, ready to make sure that all the boxes were checked and that he got exactly what he deserved, getting his automobile back to where it was before the accident, getting him back to where he needed to be and be compensated for his pain and suffering because they're in your corner every step of the way. You don't let those uh, insurance uh, companies run over you. They're always annoying. We've been in a couple car accidents, and those insurance companies, they, they, they fight for every dime. You know how they do that. But call Hollingsworth Law Firm. They're better equipped than you are to put up that fight. They're better equipped than the insurance companies to put up that fight. Call right now for your free consultation, 713-999-8773, 713-999-8773, and visit them online, carwrecktexas.com, carwrecktexas.com. Yeah, this is how intimidating it was in Cincinnati yesterday. Little cover band version of uh, Welcome to the Jungle. This is what C.J. Stroud was listening to pregame. This is why he was so cool, calm, and collected as he walked into the jungle and beat up on those Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Um, can, have you seen any C.J. Stroud haters here, Blanker? Oh, yeah, Joe Espada hired his manager officially. We'll get yep. into that later on in the show, too. But uh, Texans, are, of course, the lead story today. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk plenty of Espada, just not yet. Uh, C.J. Stroud... Look, I didn't think he was. Uh, I didn't think he was awesome yesterday. Like, he turned it over three times. You, you turned it over three times. One of them should have been an incomplete pass. That was an awful call. It should have been roughing maybe twice. That was an awful call. But you still turned it over. Uh, he lost the fumble on fourth and one on the missed exchange. You know that's not great. He, he left a little bit early. He was a little bit eager to to get out there. I think it was a play action. I think he was a little eager to get out there and sell the the, the play action. And then he threw an awful interception. Um, so I didn't think he played his absolute best. Clearly not. I mean, he threw three interceptions, or he threw, turned it over three times, one mm-hmm. interception. But he was good. Third down, he was good. He still racked up 356 yards. I love that Bobby Slowick is playing with him. Like it's, it's, this, we're opening up the playbook. C.J. Stroud's our best player. We're going to do whatever we do because of C.J. Stroud. I think because they opened up the playbook, uh, more throwing on first down, it led to the running game being opened up. That's the running game has looked at, uh, looked like in a long time. Uh, Devin Singletary ran for 150 yards in that game. Um, have you seen any C.J. Stroud haters? Like King of Twitch is trying his best to be a hater because that's his gimmick. That's his shtick. It's yeah. what he does. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. I, I think all the haters have been silenced. Yeah, no, I, I think this was even last week. There were a couple of bloggers and kids tweeters? That, uh, <laughs> and tweeters and, you know, and people that get a microphone installed in their basement and seem to think that they're an expert that were saying, hey, pad the brakes on C.J. Stroud because he did have a couple of games where he had less than 200 yards throwing, and you need to see more of him, even though the Tampa Bay game was big. And then you see what he just did to the Bengals and the way he did it and and how he executed down the stretch when he had to have it. And you say to yourself, I don't know how you can continually try 
your damnedest to pick holes in this guy's game because it's one thing to say, okay, let's see the soft, you know, see what happens next year. Does he take a step back at all? If that's the last leg that you have to stand on, you want to try and do that. But give the kid his flowers for what he's done so far because if you just look purely at the numbers, which everybody takes those deep dives into more often than not, find out how many quarterbacks that are rookies in their first ever year and starting for the first time have even close to the success of a C.J. Stroud. To put up the numbers close, he's leading the whole league in passing yardage right now. I mean, when you look at the things that he's able to do, what he's already done, yes, I know that he only has two picks and he probably should have a couple more. That's fine. Still, you're talking about like Aaron Rodgers-esque type numbers in his best seasons when you keep it five and under on the interception line, especially way past the midway or getting past the midway point and doing the things he's doing. There, there's just we, we keep saying there were boxes left to be checked because people were pointing at he hadn't let a comeback drive. He hadn't let a game-winning drive. He hadn't done this. He hadn't done that. He's done it all, people, so far to this point. What do you have left to pick apart? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it exists. If you're a Stroud hater and you, you do exist, we would love to hear from you. 713-780-3776. Maybe Arlington Al is out there. Yeah. Uh, last I heard, he was on the side of a milk carton. We need to put out a missing re- person report on Arlington Al. So if you're out there, Arlington Al, we are wondering about your whereabouts. 713-780-3776. Like, you bring up the numbers, and like the numbers are the numbers. Like Everybody's going to argue them. I, I don't like numbers in football all that much. Uh, love them in baseball. Uh, I think there's a place for them in football. I think they matter. I just don't think that they matter a ton. Like, cool that you threw for 356 yards. If you do that in a losing effort, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's do I believe in you to lead a game-winning drive when the game's on the line? And C.J. Stroud's the first rookie in 40 years to do it in back-to-back weeks. So, yeah, he has entered that conversation. Uh, So, yeah, I think that C.J. Stroud's really good. We'll grade him here in a second. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Let's go out there for Jerry. Jerry, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up? Hey, guys. I know it's ugly weather today, but, man, what a beautiful Monday, isn't it, with them Rockets and them Texans winning games, big games this weekend against, you know, contending teams for the championship. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to D'Amico, honestly. D'Amico has definitely come in. Uh, and change the culture. Uh, you know, a former Texans player, he's definitely changed the culture. And, I, and I'm, I'm proud to say finally that I'm a Texans fan because it, it was tough. I, I honestly, if it wasn't that receiver, I think it was Boyd that dropped that pass. I mean, I don't know if if, if Stroud would have made you know two for two on the comeback. Uh, and then just another shout out to the O line. I mean, Singletary ran for about 100 and forever. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just very happy for the Texans and I hang up a listen. Yeah. No, appreciate the call, Jerry. Look, I think we all are. I I think that, you know, when you go back and you start talking about the people that could have seen this from Stroud right away, if you to this level, to the people that would have seen this from this team and this this organization, this franchise as a whole, but then as you dial, you know, dive down into the coaching staff, everybody's new. A lot of guys doing it for the first time, trying to figure it all out with a roster that's gotten a little better, but how much? There were still so many more question marks than answers. To be at this point in the season, to have a winning record, to be right in the middle of the playoff hunt, to be a game out of first place, and to have so many different shining stars you could point a finger at and tip your cap to going, doing a hell of a job, that's not something that any of us expected to be having in terms of our conversations on our shows this late in this season with the Texans. Not a slap in their face. You just kind of anticipated it was going to take some time with all the woes that you had to try and you know work through, 
To be where you are now, there's so many guys that you could tip your cap to, and you could even give Casario credit, but you can give Slowick credit. And, and it starts with the two guys that we always talk about, but it starts with CJ and D'Amico because they have been as advertised and so much more. Yeah. Uh, D'Amico's, D'Amico's total, totally changed the mentality. And then even D'Amico talking about um, – he was talking about Stroud after the game. He's like, yeah, he gives, he gives our team hope. He gives our organization hope. That, that new guy on Fox, Will, who took over for Berman, he tweeted something and then he, he deleted the tweet, I noticed. He said that he overheard in the locker room somebody saying it's a lot different when you have a quarterback, which I found to be hilarious because the former quarterback is still in that locker room. Uh, he, he deleted that, though, but it's still very, very funny. But Stroud does – totally change the attitude. And it's not just Stroud. It's, it's any quarterback who's really good. Any quarterback who's really good totally changes the outlook for a team, whether it's week to week or the outlook of the organization whenever you look at the long-term view. Like every single game that a, that a really good quarterback plays, you think they have a putcher's chance. Uh, Pat Mahomes can win any single game. Joe Burrow can win any single game. Uh, Josh Allen, I'll even throw into that mix, can win any single game. I don't think he can do it consistently enough. C.J. Stroud's in that conversation. C.J. Stroud can go win any single game even without elite talent around him, whether it's the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, look, I mean, that's what you have to take away from this. I mean, again, you go back and say, look at the performances of all these other rookies that you know tried to do what C.J. Stroud is doing better than any of them so far to this point in the season and say, it gives you hope. We were looking for hope again after all we had to endure over the last two coaches and the, their regimes and all of the, the missteps and how all the embarrassment and how everybody, every time you heard Houston Texans come out of somebody's mouth, it was followed up quickly by an insult or a chuckle or you know something that didn't look the, make the organization, the city, and its fan base feel very good about what was coming out about their team. Now suddenly it gives you hope because you got a guy that you know you turned the keys over to that can actually drive the vehicle and, and, and get you where you need to go. you got a coach that can do the same thing, but he's a leader of men, and he's been here before, and he's done that in this building, and now he's doing it as a head coach, and he has the respect of his team. And, oh, by the way, that team is so much better than that I personally thought they were at the start of the year roster-wise because you're seeing the young kids turn out to be better each week. You're seeing contributions from these guys that were brought in on one- and two-year deals, but they were willing to spend a little bit more money, and you're seeing them give you what you wanted to see, veteran presence, the ability to say, I've been there, done that, and now I'm doing it here, and we're ready to take the next step. And that's all you ever asked for was hope. I mean, that's where we're at right now, was that it's fun to have hope and excitement every Sunday. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Jack, you're in the hive of the bees. What's going on, Jack? Oh. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah, we have positive momentum. We're not going to wait around. Are you there? That. Yes, Jack, go. Yes, yes. I, I, got a, I say I have a man crush, but I'm too old. I've got a grandpa crush on C.J. Stroud. <laughs> and I would like uh, some very prominent uh, names, uh, let's say, uh, commenters had stated that he was a Jared Goff. I yeah. want to know who the next generation of 2024 draft choices, when they're going to say, gee, this guy might be another C.J. Stroud. And I don't think there is one. We are so lucky to have him, D'Amico, and, and, and Casario. Well, what they put together is a long-suffering Texan fan, and I am so glad. And this guy really has, I, I hate to get too giddy about it because I've been disappointed many times, 
But uh, I'm just excited with the Texans these days. And I know he's still a rookie, and we may not get in the playoffs this year, but doggone it, I am happy to have these guys all together. I, I, I talked to you on, on social media, and I love what you guys are doing. I found a new radio station to listen to. Thank you. Nice. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate you, man. Look, I, I think that that's, that's, again, that's going back to what I said about hope, right? I mean, we didn't have any. We had lost hope. People were jumping off the bandwagon, had lost faith. In this, and it's funny with Jack Easterby in the mix, everybody lost faith. You know, he, he was preaching all these things of what you were supposed to have, and the very opposite was happening. And everybody was just completely washing their hands of the Texans. And now it's fun to have hope and excitement and optimism and everybody feeling good about football in Houston again, which is something that we didn't know how long it might take to try and get these people back and have everybody kind of aligned to want to see this, you know, see this through and be excited about this team, and we're seeing it already, and it's fun, man. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the grandpa crush. That, that's a good line. He is my man crush Monday. There's no doubt about that. I do want to address the golf thing and like his ability to escape because we saw that a lot, quite a bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on the, the Stroud, the Texans as well. I'll take credit for Jack flipping uh, flipping the dial over to us since you know I am an influencer after all. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Also, we talked about it uh, for a bit there. The mentality of this team. The defense of this team. It was on display yesterday. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville and what he can do for you with the Neograph procedure. Look, he can do a lot of things for a lot of people. He's a plastic surgeon. He does a lot of great work. If it's the holidays and you're looking for a great doctor to get in touch with, it's a gift that keeps on giving for your significant other. If you're looking at Botox or plastic surgery, Doc Linville is great at doing all those things. But the one that I can speak from personal experience on is the Neograph procedure. It's getting your own hair back. It's amazing. It's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that just mask the problem. Nope, it's getting your own hair back. And genetically, Doc explained it to me. You're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head, no matter how bald you go up on top, in front, or in back. So what he does is he takes some of the hair from there, puts it where you need it most, almost immediately... You're going to see it grow, get stronger, longer over the long haul. It's going to be there with you because he's taking it from a place where it never goes away. And you're going to reap the benefits of getting your hair back. It's amazing. As listeners to ESPN 97.5, you can check it all out for free. It normally costs 150 bucks. Just set up a consultation by going to 975hair.com. You can see all the information there. You can ask all the questions when you get to your appointment. But the main thing is it's not going to cost you a dime. No signing on the dotted line, no commitments later on down the road. Just you and Doc staff talking about the procedure and seeing if it's right for you. If it's right for you like it was right for me, you are going to see those follicles stay and start growing almost immediately. Doc tipped me off. 95 to 99% of those follicles that he moves aren't going anywhere. They're not falling out. They're not disappearing. They're going to be there with you so that you can reap the benefits of having your hair back. It's an amazing procedure. It was painless for me. He's got all the different ways to make it painless for you, too. And it's going to get you the results you're after. Check him out today and tell him I sent you by because I think he's the best in the business. Go see my friend Doc Linville at 975hair.com. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, 60-30, but just think if we had Will Levis. Thank goodness that they don't listen to me. That's why I'm not I'm not a, uh, I'm not a savant here. I'm not a, I'm not a genius. Now, Levis is a lot better than many of you thought he was going to be. Uh, but C.J. Stroud's elite, man. Like, C.J. Stroud is really, really good. So, yes, thank goodness we don't. Um, Jack said he's, that Stroud is his grandpa crush. He's my favorite player in the NFL that didn't wear Houston Cougar scarlet and white in college. He's my favorite non-U of H football player already. Already. Look, I mean, I guess the biggest compliment for me, because 
you know, Joe already jumped ship and showed you that he's not a real loyal fan of his favorite team growing up. I obviously, I watch so much more Texans and I'm so much more excited and dialed in and engaged on everything Texans this year than anything close to anything to do with the Packers simply because of the fact that I feel like they finally got the right guys. They got the right coach. They got the right quarterback. And to see what this kid's been able to do so quickly when the expectation was, just like any other quarterback coming in from college, he's going to be a little bit raw. He's going to have a lot to learn. He's going to make some mistakes along the way. I kept saying all early in the season there was going to be bumps in the road and that as good as it's been, I'm still expecting a stinker or two. Yeah, there's been some that haven't been great, great, but there's been enough and you look at our golf grades and you say, but really you're not going to put it on him and say he blew it. Like he flat out blew the game. He's been responsible for so much success and so much of the happiness of this city with football that it's fun to watch the Texans again, and it's you're proud to say, I'm a fan of this team. I love where this team's going. 713-780-ESPN. Let's go out to the HR and Pete listener line. Wes, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up, Wes? Hey, how are you guys doing? Great. What's up, man? Hey, I, I was watching the post-game show after the Texans, and uh, it was J.J. White and whoever else was there. But the guy that was sitting to the right of him, I want to say uh, maybe it's Nate Burleson, but I get him and this other guy confused all the time. But he made a point to say that before the season started, J.J. said that y'all might not expect a lot from the Texans this year, but they're going to surprise everyone. And so I thought that was cool because he kind of said it before the season even started. Yeah, it was Nate Burleson who said it to J.J., And J.J. elaborated and said, look, I spent time with this team. I was in the meeting rooms. I was on the practice field. I saw and felt a change. And he obviously knew D'Amico from his playing days to where he he experienced it firsthand before any in the the football world were uh, about to experience it for the first time. And, And it's just more reinforcement of the fact that it's a real deal. It's not a fluky situation that it starts with the leadership of the at the man at the top. It's clear he's the loudest and most powerful voice in the building and that he's getting all these guys to fall in line and follow his lead, and it's it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, J.J. Watt's smart. 713-780-37. What can J.J. Watt not do? Uh, let's go back out to the HRMP listener line. Shane, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Shane? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Great. Hey, what a great time to be a Houston sports fan in general, right? How many years have we sat here this time of year and had to complain about everything? But talking about CJ, when was the last time a rookie quarterback came in with this type of group of talent at during running back even and successful? Like we've seen quarterbacks come in, have success. They had a really good veteran receiver, excellent running game, something to go along, and you kind of see them grow. And then as they get that first contract, they kind of – lose those weapons, and then they grow into this where they don't have to have as much talent there and still really shine. But when was the last time we had a quarterback in his first year really void of weapons? I mean, I don't think we any, anybody came into the year thinking we had talent, right? And and done this type of thing with this group of, of weapons he has. I'll hang up and listen, but curious y'all's thoughts. Yeah, I mean, look, I think every situation is, is different. And, and none of the situ- normally, none of the situations are ideal for a quarterback coming into this league because the team was probably bad enough unless it was a trade that went their way, that they probably are, are deserving of the pick because of the record that they had and the roster that they possessed at the time. So it's not ever ideal, ideal. I mean, Dan Marino made the Super Bowl as a rookie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think that 
There have been, but they're few and far between because, you, you know, Mahomes sat out a full year before his first season playing. He took the world by storm. So you can say that there were some success stories, but when you look at from the numbers to just the eye test to the results of the team and what the expectations were, it's pretty hard to go against C.J. Stroud being one of the best success stories coming out of college as a quarterback. Yeah, Marie, second year for Marino, but they, they were a playoff team in his first year. Yep. Uh, so he kind of went the Burrow away where he made the Super Bowl in his second year. Same thing with uh, with Mahomes. Uh, yeah, the, 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 it, this was a team where he didn't talk about them having tremendous talent. I Look, I think if you put this talent in Carolina and gave Stroud Carolina's talent, I'm not sure you see a whole lot of drop-off. Like, I don't think that it's still this tremendous talent around Stroud. I think that you get a good coordinator, you get a good play caller, uh, you get a good combination of skills, and then you get the good quarterback, and it, it elevates those guys around them. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Wheatstraw sums it up pretty well. The Texans are pretty good at football. Yeah, they, they are. They're pretty good. They're, they're a pretty good team in the AFC. They might be a top-seven team in the AFC. They might be the best team in the AFC South. I uh, can't wait for that Jacksonville game at home. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Let's go back out to the HRMP listener line. Shane, Shane, you're in the hive with the bees. Hello? Hey, you're on. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, appreciate it. This is Dave. Yeah, you said Shane. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say I'm really having a good time with everything that's going on with the guys. Uh, with the team, and I think it's from the top to bottom, the organization, uh, you know, starting at the top with, with Cal and what he's done and the, the people he's put in charge there and then getting, getting D'Amico Ryan's back was just such a, a fantastic uh, get for us and then to draft right and get CJ. It's just been phenomenal. I've been an original season ticket holder 22 years. I've been uh, up and down with this team, and I had just been distraught enough in the last couple of years that I just it was it was painful, but I just – I kept on, I held on, and I, I just wanted to see some good things coming. And after the terrible taste I had in my, in my mouth after the Deshaun Watson uh, situation, uh, you know, to really come back and make such a great, fabulous pick is just, uh, it's, it's really been a lot of fun to watch. And I, you guys are spot on with the checking all the boxes. It's just, just been completely amazing. My question that I have for you guys is moving forward. I know you discussed Patrick Mahomes. I'm trying to think, and, and I guess, again, because of that sour taste in my mouth, I would hit um, uh, agents, especially Mulligata. When, when, when are they going to start crying for a new contract? I mean, uh, if the precedent is get to the Super Bowl in two years or get to the playoffs, uh, you know, I know that's when Mahomes uh, got a, you know, his third year. They came back and renegotiated a contract for him. Is that something you think would be an issue that we're going to deal with, or do you think we're going to get that three-year window for you know having some time with him? Uh, appreciate the call. Look, I, I think it starts with the fact that this is what we talk about when we talk about a winning window for an NFL team because you got a quarterback on a rookie contract. You can look at extensions at a certain point down the road, but the first thing that you're looking at is trying to capitalize on the fact that you have a very manageable contract on a very good player for several years so that you can put enough around him so that you can be in a consistent window to win until it's time to truly pay him the money. So I don't think the Texans are going to be jumping through hoops to try and get an extension done and or change his contract sooner than they have to. And I think that the agents, Mulgetta included, and everybody else, they understand that's football as opposed to a lot of different sports and a lot of different ways that contracts are handled. Yeah, I think that uh, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen when it happens. The, I think the timeline right now, like Joe Burrow just signed his contract 
just his extension uh, right before this season, and this is Joe Burrow's fourth season mm-hmm. in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going into his fourth season before that fifth-year player or team option that they have on rookies. So to me, it's just what the standard, like what what's going on in the NFL, and, and usually it's been right before that fourth year when quarterbacks get their deal. So uh, to me, it's going to be automatic unless, CJ, something happens between now and then uh, that you know is, is insane when it comes to either Stroud and or the team or like Mulligetta, which I I don't see happening. I don't envision any of that happening. So I expect right before that fourth season for C.J. Stroud, they'll mm-hmm. lock him up to, you know, he'll be he'll probably reset the market because that's the way it works in the NFL. Whenever it's your turn to get a contract, you're going to get the highest paid contract. But uh, Nick Casario does need to take advantage of the, the first few years of C.J. Stroud on a rookie deal. And, look, I think he's been pretty good uh, when it comes to free agent acquisitions. Not not so much whenever you had Cully and Lovey on the team and you had Tyrod Taylor and, and Davis Mills as quarterback. Uh, but go look at that game yesterday and see how many of those guys were free agents that Casario signed. It, it helps whenever you have a good quarterback. helps whenever you have a good coach uh, that, that knows what to do with that talent as well. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. We'll get to our grade on Stroud when we return. Also, the mentality that the Texans had yesterday. You can tell D'Amico and what his culture wants to be is ringing true within this organization. 713-780-ESPN. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I've been telling you for a while now uh, that you got to get a goal from Pro Dunk Hoops. It is the season, right, uh, for you to be playing some basketball. Uh, college basketball has begun. We've seen uh, the, the professional basketball has begun as well. Rockets are playing some pretty good basketball. We'll get into that uh, a little bit later as well. And you need a goal for your driveway and if you're getting a goal from your driveway it needs to be one from pro dunk they have the absolute best goals that you can find it gives you that true authentic feel too unlike anything you'll find from a big box store uh, pro dunk has the best goals they they have the breakaway rim which is fantastic they have the perfect backboard that you see in gymnasiums like the college arenas the professional arenas as well that gives you that true authentic feel and one of the best features is the the new way to raise and lower the goals. It's called Lightning Adjust with their new goal, Thor. Thor is the first and only hoop available with drill-powered height adjustment. You can go anywhere from 5 feet to 10 feet in under 10 seconds with the squeeze of a trigger. How easy is that? You just get the drill out, you put it in the goal, it's called Thor, and then all of a sudden, boom, you rise it up to 5 feet and you lower it down to, uh, to lower it to 5 feet and raise it all the way up to 10 feet. you got to get a goal from Pro Dunk. Also, you don't have to worry about installation because because the pros from ProDunk will do all of the installation for you. That is right. You don't have to lift a ladder. You don't have to get the level out whatsoever. All you have to do is allow these pros from ProDunk to get to your place and install these goals at the perfect height, perfectly straight. It's fantastic. Uh, their accessories next level as well. We know it gets dark a little bit earlier, so get the LED light kits for night play. Uh, backstop nets. You don't have to chase the basketball around. Pull pad lettering. It is fantastic. Call right now for your goal from ProDunk. 281-351-9822 and visit ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. 713-780-3776. He's blank. I'm Branham. One five zero nine. Afternoon bees. If I'm not mistaken, Stroud signed a rookie contract with a guaranteed twenty four million up front, which allows for more flex- uh, flexibility for the foreseeable future. 
let's say, three to four years. I think I think that is true, uh, the way that the signing bonus works out. Now, the reason that the signing bonus was more up front than not is because that's what was negotiated. Like, that's all, like, figured in. Like, that's all slot based on where you're picked. It just depends on when you're paying it out, uh, when you're, like, deferring the signing bonus, too. Like, that's a new thing a lot with these agents is that they like to get the money all up front, whereas teams in the past would like to spread it out a little bit longer. So it doesn't really change the salary a whole lot. It might have a little bit to do with the salary cap going forward, but not a whole lot. That's more about when they get their contract than anything else. Uh, Eric, I used to think I just didn't like uh, to root for the Texans, but I think it was real disdain for Watson. Stroud makes you root for him. Yeah, I do. I mean, a lot of people liked Watson. Let's let's be real. And before Watson had the sexual per, like pervert stuff, uh, he was pretty well liked in this city. Uh, there were some things he did that I didn't love, like take negative plays. Uh, but Stroud is very likable. Three, four, five, one. It's just great to wake up and hear C.J. Stroud MVP conversations on national media. That's everywhere. You, you, Peter King. It really is. Dan Orlovsky. I was uh, everywhere I saw it today. I was tweeting out just to see it because. Look, uh, Joe made the bet last week on advice for me that uh, on advice from Brendan Riley that that he bet C.J. Stroud a week from today last week at plus thirteen thousand for MVP. It's down to plus four thousand. So like it was a pretty shrewd bet a week ago. Yeah, I got it at eleven to one. There you go. And like, and like going back to like the beginning of the show, when we were talking about negative comments. The the closest thing I think you could find is like I saw Teddy Bruschi going back and forth with Orlovsky about how C.J. Stroud is not an MVP candidate. Because his team is not seven and two and eight and one, I think that that's like the closest thing you can find today of anything negative about CJ Stroud. Is that his team's only one game above five hundred? Yeah, is that his team is only one game above five hundred? Ignoring the rest of the facts of what CJ Stroud is doing on the field ignoring, and what their record was last year, yeah, but ignoring that this is the most wins the Texans have had a season in the last four years. Yeah, I I, I just think that. It's so skewed sometimes. That's why I've always said, look, I want the criteria behind these awards sometimes because is it just because your team is one of the criteria your team has to perform at a certain level as opposed to what? Because his team's playing at an unbelievable level as opposed to the last several years as it relates to being in this consideration for this award as opposed to saying, well, Patrick Mahomes. Has got his team playing great football again, playing great, but his stats aren't great. He's not playing like the Mahomes we've seen in the past. So is that the team? Is that him? Is it a combo? What's the criteria? Because it's up to the voter. I mean, the voter decides the criteria. And you know, that's pol- there's a lot of politics involved in that, too. Sure. And it's why Ted Williams didn't win a bunch of MVPs and Joe DiMaggio did, because they yep. didn't like Ted Williams. That's right. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. All right, let's give our, our golf grade to uh, to C.J. Stroud. We've, we've spent some time talking about what we saw yesterday, what we liked yesterday. Uh, what's your grade for Stroud going to be when it comes to that golf score that we're keeping tabs on? I'm going to go birdie. I'm going to go birdie because I'm not going double eagle or <clears throat> explaining it all to Joe again with a hole-in-one. I'm going to say that he, he, he did everything, that he did his job again and more. He, he carried this team in a lot of ways, but he made th- he had three turnovers that are directly associated to him. He had a turnover that could have been a game changer if a ball doesn't get dropped in the end zone. So I'm not going to be like over the top gushing like I was a week ago, but I'm going to be fair and saying, did you get the win? Yes. Did you do everything that you needed to do to orchestrate drives and put points on the board when you had the football in your hands? Yes. Did you have help? Absolutely. From Singletary to Noah Brown to Dalton Schultz to all the different guys that stepped up for this football team. It's not, not a bad thing. To, and there's no shame in saying you had help. But to me, for this week, I'm going to say he had a birdie. 
Yeah, that, that's a birdie for me too. Um, there, he, I didn't think he played anywhere near his best. Like I didn't think he played his A game, which is encouraging because his A game was still good enough to you should have won by by two possessions mm-hmm. on the road at Cincinnati. So it's encouraging that I didn't think he played his best. The interception was brutal. That's the worst throw he's made in his NFL career. Uh, he talked about it after the game and said that he saw the corner undercut the route and he was trying to layer it over the top and just underthrew it. It wasn't a good throw. Uh, he lost two fumbles. One of them was a, a, a terrible call. I, I don't know how that went to oh, I don't either. He didn't overturn it. And he also got roughed, I think, twice on that single play. But the record will show that he lost two fumbles. He turned it over three times. He turned it over three times you're not playing your best football and he, he talked about that uh, under 60 percent completion percentage now he'll throw it away he, he likes to go deep so that completion he's more accurate than what his completion percentage is going to tell you but whenever he needs to make a play he makes a play like he threw the interception could have cost him the game it didn't he had the game-winning drive led the led the field goal drive that won it uh, go look what he does in th- on third downs he's that dude crunch time he's that guy uh, so I mean anytime you go on the road and you you win it's it's it the minimum is a birdie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it as a birdie, though, because I didn't think he played near his best, and he turned it over three times. Uh, Joe, what are you giving C.J. Stroud? Yeah, it's birdies all around. Same reason. And like part of it is, if, if this game was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I, I, I would have given it an eagle. But the expectations have changed. And I think even there was part of me that flirted with the idea of the, the turnovers making giving him a par because – of the way he played and what my expectations are for him now. So I'll go birdie, but it was closer than I thought it was going to be, you know, just looking at the end result. But when you look at the whole game as a package, it still was an impressive win. For it him. is interesting, guys, that when you look at the first quarter again yesterday, there was at least one, if not two, that got away that could have been interceptions to where it is amazing to say he's only got two, but it is fair to say there are several that were left out there that were very, very close. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they had the line. He hit the, the linebacker, linebacker on that he first didn't position. See. Yep. Yeah, he yep. never saw him. It wasn't. It wasn't a great read there. He just missed him. Well, the uh, other one was a floater. Whether I don't know if it was tipped or he just overthrew it, and the safety tried to get two hands underneath it and couldn't. Yeah, I think that was couldn't. the one that I think it was tipped. I think it deflected off of either a receiver or another Bengal who broke it up and batted it in the air, and it almost floated to the safety. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He almost had one there. There was two other near near ones. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Someone texting in. Uh, who's ahead of CJ right now for offensive rookie of the year? Literally nobody. nobody. Uh, let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Derek, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up, Derek? Yes, sir. That MVP, most valuable player. I know people vote, and most of those voters probably didn't play quarterback or played sports. They, they with that voting, they didn't play sports. This guy literally. And I'm a Cowboys fan. This guy literally in the last two weeks, try playing quarterback with those guys coming running four threes or whatever, literally has taken two drives under a minute and has done something. So they give him rookie of the year like it's not like, like, okay, yeah, you're rookie of the year. But why not? Not even talking about being in the conversation. This kid has two. I know we talk about almost interceptions, but Cincinnati almost caught a touchdown. That happens in this game, and all the great quarterbacks – have hit the defenders right in the chest and they dropped them. It's not a penalty. They fumbled the ball. They've done things like that. But this kid, young man here, deserves. There's, I don't see too many ahead of him. And as far as the team, records shouldn't matter if he's balling out. Statistically, most valuable player, not most valuable team. Mm-hmm. Most valuable player as opposed to team. Of course, you know, I just, yeah. Appreciate the call, Derek. Look, we appreciate you listening. Here's the thing, guys, too. 
And it relates to, to Miko Ryans as well because you start talking about coach of the year, you start talking about MVP and offensive rookie of the year. And I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's running away with offensive rookie of the year. But the reason why he's in the discussion in my mind relates to both guys because the expectations were extremely, extremely low for this team for this season. And, and suddenly you're talking about a team that not only is in the playoff hunt now, but it's one game from being in first place and leading their division when you had Jacksonville, who did what they did a year ago and, and, and had even more hype this year. Dan Campbell, one of the guys favored for coach of the year, but his team was you know, a, a, a split second away from getting into the playoffs a year ago. So now if they're a playoff team, but they're not the best team in the NFC, they're not taking these massive leaps and bounds to where they said, okay, they were supposed to be a playoff team this year, and they were. So how much better did they get? You look at what D'Amico and what CJ have done, they've made everyone around them. Jeremy, you, you and I go back and forth and all keep telling everybody, you, he's made everybody around him better, especially his offensive weapons. But between the two of them, they've made everybody on the roster better to where we're talking about Houston Texans playoffs after the midway point in the season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the article last week. It's, it's almost unfathomable uh, what he's done. And look, there's been other players in other sports that have won MVPs on teams that had below 500 records recently. Hello, Mike Trout. Uh, so I think the fact that the Texans are 5-4 and four, whenever they've won 11 games in the last three years is a pretty good uh, feather in the cap uh, for C.J. Stroud. One, one other thing that I loved about the Texans yesterday was how they showed up to that game, the mentality that they had. Like, you saw the chippiness. You saw, like, they, they weren't going to back down. They weren't punks. They weren't intimidated. They took the – fight right to Cincinnati, which is how I think D'Amico Ryans wants his team to play, that was encouraging to me. Like, we haven't seen a Texan team do that in a while, where they're going to take the fight to you. They're not going to show up Cincinnati and then bow down to you. They took the fight to Cincinnati. I love to see that mentality. That is exactly what you expect of a playoff caliber team, of a team that comes into every environment thinking this is their game to lose, not your game to win. That's what you saw yesterday. They, look, they can say all they want, but we know that these guys are on social media enough. They 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 watch enough television that they realize that not there were very very few of any people that thought they were going to win this game yesterday, and then to come in with the mentality, the mindset, the attitude, and then the performance to say not on our watch. You guys can say and see whatever you think. We're going to tell you it's going to be different. That's amazing because that starts again with D'Amico. And it starts with the way he delivers the message. It's it's it flows down to his his coaches and coordinators, and then for the players to buy in because you can preach till you're blue in the face and say all the right things. If the players aren't buying in, you ain't getting it done. But the fact that they went into their house into the quote unquote jungle and came out victorious against a team that a lot of people have penciled in to be a Super Bowl uh, 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 possibility. That's what makes it even more impressive. That's why it's such a signature win because, yeah, there were other good wins along the way. Nothing to this level on the road against a team of that caliber who had just won, what, four in a row against some pretty damn good football teams, including the Buffalo Bills and the Niners. You look at what this team did, where it did it, and how it did it. How can you not love everything about it? Yeah, it, uh, it was a good win. 713-780-ESP. And we'll get back to the Texans plenty uh, throughout the show. Mailbag Monday coming up at 430. If you want to get your questions into the Killer Bees, we'll answer anything and everything. Uh, the Astros was some significant news today as well. They announced Joe Espada as the manager. Do we like that Joe Espada is the new skipper for the Houston Astros? And did they even interview anybody else? 
Is that okay? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.